As you saw at the very beginning of the Parsha, we heard about locusts. Do you know that we have the largest locust plague going on in the last 75 years is happening as we sit here in synagogue? For the past year and a half, a plague of locusts have been making its way across the Middle East. And more recently, they've been carried by the wind into Africa. Kenya is facing the worst locust invasion in 70 years. They found perfect conditions over the past two years as they've moved onto the African continent, where they are now threatening farmland. Kenyan security forces have been known to fire bullets on the locusts. It is not effective. <laughs> locusts are grasshoppers extremely high on serotonin. They eat voraciously and breed just as enthusiastically. That means after six months, you have 500 times the number of locusts. The infestation kicked off a year and a half ago when two rare cyclones hit the Arabian Peninsula. So it's a climate issue. The cyclones hit the Arabian Peninsula. The swarm drifted with the winds to Iran, which under sanctions didn't have the right pesticides. You need a particular pesticide to kill them. And then, so it, it went from there. Think about the, the re, I'm asking you to think about the relationship between human conflict and environmental consequence. So because of the sanctions, they didn't have the pesticide. So then it couldn't be stopped there. It ended up on the border between Pakistan and India at a time when the two countries were more concerned about Kashmir, and so they didn't address the pests. A change in climate has contributed to exceptional breeding conditions. A longer monsoon season meant more breeding time. And then they migrated to where else? Yemen, which is now, as you know, war-torn. No action could, be, could take place. They didn't have the resources or the attention. From Yemen, it crossed to the Gulf of Aden in Ethiopia and war-torn Somalia, where a third cyclone increased the spread of the locusts. It doesn't help that East Africa is basically in a drought. Tens of thousands have already turned into billions. And without the aerial fumigation, the locusts will continue to reproduce. The infestation will continue to explode. They can blanket a massive region. With rainfall, they turn yellow as they engage in a frenzy of eating and mating. The sounds are hard to take. A single swarm can contain up to 150 million locusts per square kilometer of farmland, an area the size of 250 football fields. One especially large swarm in northeastern Kenya measured 60 kilometers long, 37 miles long by 25 miles wide. Even a small swarm of locusts can consume enough food for 35,000 people in a single day. They basically eat every shrub, every tree. Last week, the thesis of my sermon was that the 10 plagues are a theological demonstration of God's essence as the unity and interconnection of all living things. God's name of yud heh vav -Heh was just introduced last week in the parasha to everyone, the Israelites included, Pharaoh included, and then followed by the 10 plagues as a demonstration. God's name, yud, the one we don't pronounce, can loosely be translated as the way things go from the present moment to a future mo moment. It's the verb to be into the, ver the future tense. The way things go from the present to the future. God demonstrates this by a chain reaction of the plagues. The way one small change in a system, like a combination of unusually warm water and drought, could cause a red algae bloom in the main water source, which, sucking up all the oxygen, as it's doing on the Great Barrier Reef, can lead to ecological devastation. Frogs jumping out of the water, rodents proliferating as they eat them, lice and other insects spreading from there, disease spreading as well. Devastation follows. 
Rather than the scientific explanation of the plagues being an alternative explanation, they actually are the theological explanation. God is the interconnection of all humans, animal, plant, and organic life. Enslave one part of the population, there will be a chain reaction. Warm the environment, there'll be a chain reaction. Embracing God's name is going beyond the normal human tendency to identify one effect of any single cause. Well, the toxic waste over there made a mess. Someone should clean it up. What's the effect of the mess? What's the effect of the effect of the mess? How does it get into human bodies? What's the effect on human bodies? How does that change the chromosome? How does that change the offspring? How does that spread? To see God's interconnection is to actually follow beyond a single effect of a, of a cause and see the chain and the ripple effect on the system. The exponential effect of a consequence producing the devastation, let's say, billions of locusts. The Jewish mystics called the Kabbalists in the medieval period exhorted us to see God this way, as does fractal chaos theory, as do environmentalists. God's essence as interconnection and unity changes how we see and understand the world. So I want to remind you of the words of the Torah. Moses held out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord drove an east wind over the land all that day and night. And when morning came, the east wind had brought the locusts. They invaded all the land of Egypt, settled within the territory of Egypt in a thick mass. Never before had there been so many. They hid all the land from view. The land was darkened. They ate up all the grasses of the field, all the produce of the trees. And so that nothing green was left of tree or grass of the field in all the land of Egypt. No plant life. And Pharaoh hurriedly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I stand guilty before yod heh vav -Heh, your God, and before you. Please forgive my offense just this once. And he left Pharaoh's presence and pleaded with yod heh vav -Heh. And yod heh vav -Heh caused a shift in the east wind. And the locusts hurled, were hurled into the sea of reeds. And so they were gone. But then yod heh vav -Heh stiffened Pharaoh's heart. And he would then refuse again to let the Israelites go. When we refuse to see the ripple effects of our actions, our hearts are hardened. We figure if we can gain temporary reprieve, like Pharaoh did, over the latest symptom, then we can stop seeing the body as sick. The plague of locusts adds a profound further implication to God's asking us to see the entire system as interconnected and in the way the medieval mystics pictured it as a body of God, Adam Kadmon. They pictured this interconnectedness of God in the form of an interconnected body. If locusts come into a farmer's field in the morning, by midday, the entire field is gone. Scientists note that if the country can't deal with it, then it affects the next generation. Just as Pharaoh accused us of breeding so much and multiplying so fast we were like insects, which we were not, thus he experiences what true plague of insects and unchecked breeding really looks like. There's nothing individuals can do against locusts. You cannot fight them yourself. It has to be a government program. Remember the Pharaoh said that he did not know who Joseph was, even though Joseph is known as the great governmental administrator. He is the one that actually organized collective action to stave off famine. And locusts are a test, according to the UN, of whether you can act collectively. In Somalia, for example, the locust-affected area is controlled by El-Shabaab. So how can you actually have any government program? In South Sudan, civil war has taken all their resources. Half the population faces hunger. 
The locusts don't know about civil war, territorial squabbles, terrorist breakoffs. They don't understand about government corruption, but they grow unchecked when it exists. So the locusts are a test of whether we can act collectively. It is their acknowledgement that governments have a vital role to play, that we cannot solve climate change through individual acts of recycling or conservation. That itself is not God thinking, though it may be admirable. And third, we have to recognize the intergenerational consequences. We have to embrace God as how what happens in the present goes into the future, the meaning of God's name. Can we trace the chain reactions, politics, of environmentalism, of our own actions on the collective body of the world, on the system beyond our own lifetimes? Can we really hold the lives and feelings of generations beyond us in our hearts and really have genuine compassion for it? For the locust plague has consequences not just for next year, but for next generations. When we feel compassion, not only for our family, for our children, but the, for the children of others living in generations apart from us and in foreign lands. And when we see the world as an interconnected system in which no injustice is distant from me, and when we see the demand for collective action as a species, then we become holy. <laughs>